are in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. At 107, good afternoon. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, you just heard the... uh, forecasts and it sure sounds like we are in for some more uh, heat this you know boy this drought look around at everybody's grass it really is um it's pretty dramatic with just how much uh we could could use some some rain you know even an ideal situation and maybe it rains at night but um boy nothing I mean, all dry. I don't see. You just heard in the forecast. I don't. I don't see any. I don't see any rain coming at all. I'm looking at a 10-day forecast right now. Tomorrow, 90, and then um, you know, over the weekend, not great weather. Like this isn't really sunny out. It's warm out, and then some nice sunny days. But this is um, this is just really, really dry. Sunset is now at 8:07. Are you kidding me? God, I hate how that we've had zero rainfall in the last 24 hours the next rain is expected august 6th though it's very very dry out this portion of the program is watched by the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakton kill road in lincoln folks a delicious meal a feast if you will is waiting for you at the lodge pub and eatery where you can also sit outside and enjoy a nice meal i had some delicious clam cakes and chowder on their deck the lodge pub and eatery 40 Breakdown Hill Road, right off of Route 146 in Lincoln. All right, I do want to play. This is, um, she's running for governor, excuse me, mayor of Providence. Come on, Juan, focus. Nerva LaFortune, Providence City Council member. She would like to be the next mayor of Providence. This was this past Sunday, and she was on 10 News Conference with our friend Gene. Let's hear this a little bit. I want to invite her back to studio. Councilwoman, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Last time you were in, let's get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're defund the police. You mm. voted against the budget. Are you still defund the police? I voted against the budget because right. I had passed legislation for the police department or public safety in general um, to provide us with a comprehensive public safety plan for mm-hmm. the city of Providence. I wanted to see, and many taxpayers, residents want to see, how the funding will be allocated to ensure that um we are using the resources effectively and resourcefully as well and so for me it's you know if you work for a company if you want additional funds you need to be able to explain how those funds are going to be used and the impact that it's also going to have so i've never said on the police but what i've said is accountability holding our police department um accountable, ensuring that we also have a public safety structure that meets the needs of everyone. Um, I helped design, I led the effort to design the the public safety um, behavioral health crisis program, Mm -hmm. but also a public safety infrastructure where community policing is embedded and you have officers who reflect the community that the communities that they serve are walking the beat um, and in in the neighborhoods uh, to serve the community. All right, but in the end, you Mm -hmm. didn't get 
the answers you wanted, so you voted to defund the police budget. Now, that's become a very prickly thing for a yeah. candidate to run on. Things yeah. have changed yeah. since the summer of unrest. Mm. You want to refine your answer. You're saying you never were defund the police? I never said that word. I always said... In action, though, were you? You voted to defund their budget. But the budget was not defunded. And you I voted did... against it, though. Yes. You voted to defund. Listen no, to I voted against so that we can have yes. the information no. to the public that outlines how those resources are going to be used. Well, That's not yes, it is. Folks, I want to, I'm so glad Jean is holding her feet to the fire on this. I want to go back and play this again. Listen to her dance around it. I want to invite her back to the studio. Councilwoman, thanks for coming in. Oh, Nerva LaFortune. For having me. Last time you were, let's get this out of the way. Mm -hmm. uh, you're defund the police. Yeah. You mm -hmm. voted against the budget. Are you still defund the police? I voted against the budget because right. I had passed legislation for the police department or public safety in general um, to provide us with a comprehensive public safety plan for the city of Providence. I wanted to see, and many taxpayers, residents want to see, how the funding will be allocated to ensure that. Um, we are using the resources effectively and resourcefully as well. And so for me, it's, you know, if you work for a company, if you want additional funds, you need to be able to explain how those funds are going to be used and the impact that it's also going to have. So I've never said defund the police, but what I've said is accountability, holding our police department um, accountable, right. ensuring that we also have a public safety structure that meets the needs of everyone. Um, I helped design, I led the effort to design the, uh, the public safety um, behavioral health crisis program, mm -hmm. but also a public safety infrastructure where community policing is embedded and you have officers who reflect the community that they, the communities that they serve are walking the beat um, and in, our, in the neighborhoods uh, to serve the community. All right, but in the end, you mm -hmm. didn't get the answers you wanted, so you voted to defund the police budget. Yes. Now, that's become a very prickly thing yes. for a candidate to run on. Things yes. have changed yes. since the summer of unrest. Mm -hmm. You want to refine your answer. You're saying you never were defund the police? I never said that word. I always said... In action, though, were you? You yes. voted to defund their budget. Yes. But the budget was not defunded. And you I voted against it. You voted against it. to defund. No, I voted against so that we can have the information to the public that outlines how those resources are going to be used. That's not defunding. That's called accountability. So and that's what I asked for. You're not defund the police. The police department has not been defunded. In fact, um, if you really think about it, in the past, since I've been on council, we've had one of the most diverse police, um, you know, police officers um, that have been recruited to the police force. And that is something that I have talked to no. the chief about She's and the commissioner the from the time I started on city council. And so for me, it's about accountability and also creating a a public safety infrastructure that meets the needs of all Providence residents, whether it's someone who's experiencing um, voted against the budget. violence um, that the police officers can respond nope. to, um, whether it's someone who's experienced a behavioral health concern, nope. and we could send the crisis response team to de-escalate the situation, intervene, and connect people to services, or whether it's meeting community policing, police right. officers who are walking the beats. But 
if you want to have an effective and efficient public safety infrastructure and we are providing no, funds, voted to what we should also have as, as a public, um, as taxpayers, is a comprehensive plan outlining how those okay. funds will be used. You've said that. And I, mean, that's it. I, and I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But you voted to cut the budget. The budget wasn't cut because the majority of the council voted the other way. Right. I'm clear on that. Yes. Well, let's be clear. I did not vote to cut the budget. I voted not to approve the budget until okay. a plan was um, was was outlined right. and was shared with the public. And then they, they those are two different things. The council sir. majority went went differently. Okay. Yeah. You've said what you've had to say. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you're from Providence. I grew up in the city. You were just rattling off the neighborhoods and the streets, which is very comfortable. Would you keep the current police chief? Would you keep the commissioner? Or would you make wholesale changes? Well, it depends. So there are a couple of things. Um, one, uh, I would have to have a conversation with uh, the current police leadership. I would like to see, and, I, and the chief has talked publicly about the possibility of retiring. Okay. Um, I would Ooh. like to see uh, a leadership um, within public safety that also reflects the diversity of our city. Wow, she uh, wants to get rid of Chief Clemens. police chief of color. And so if the police chief decides to retire, and I will say I have cultivated um, a great relationship with Chief Clemens. In fact, uh, I still remember the first time uh, I invited him uh, for a community dinner. This is pre-pandemic, yeah. of course, to my home with the commissioner, with community members, people who lived in my neighborhood, um, just to really build a relationship um, with him and the police department. And so I have a lot of great respect for him. Um, but again, if he's planning to retire, this is an opportunity for us to hire um, or appoint a police um, She's not chief uh, of color and that truly wow. reflects the diversity of our city. Well, you know, you say that. Why wouldn't you want the best person? For example, yeah. when, when, the best when, person. Candidates, when candidates mm -hmm. select you, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think you're saying elect me because I'm a woman of color. Mm -hmm. Elect me because I'm the best candidate. The best candidate will always be a priority and that's why I would implement a process with community public right. input so that we can select the best candidate for the city of Providence. That's not what you said. It is a white male. The best candidate might be a white male, but we should also um, we should also take the necessary steps um, to ensure that we have a pool of people that reflect the diversity of the She's city. That win. means people of color, that means women, that means white males, mm -hmm. um, that means people within the LGBTQ plus oh community. So it's about ensuring that we do the appropriate outreach. Tara and Mac we is have not a pool of, uh, of people who are highly qualified. Um, also, um, that can do the work in an effective, meaningful, restorative way. All right. Uh, you know, there's a move in the council. Mm -hmm. Let's we'll kind of work our way backward. Mm -hmm. uh, there's objection, speaking of law enforcement, there's objection to putting these flock cameras, mm. which read license plates. Mm -hmm. Cranston says they're working wonderfully. Yeah. Some of your fellow council members are skeptical of mm -hmm. them. If mayor, would you allow those flock count cameras to come in? Yeah. Well, I'm one of those yeah. council members that... That, that is, um, um, excuse me, um, one of the council members that has concerns about it. Um, one, we did not go through a public process. Um, it did so not um, go through any kind of so legislative process with the council uh, or uh, at the state level. What a disaster she um, would be. 
we're talking about collecting data. Um, we don't Holy know how disaster. that data will be stored. Um, and any time that we're collecting any type of data um, regarding people, um, it should be done responsibly. And so we need to con further um, the conversation. Um, I do believe in enhancing technology yep. um, to keep our city Apparently safe. Not. But implementing something um, that could have great um, adverse impact, like I think is problematic, especially God. when we're talking about data right. and data related to so individuals. What? Council President Egliosi likes the idea. You're mm -hmm. clear on that. Mm -hmm. There's a move to perhaps elect half the school board, mm -hmm. and then half of it would be appointed. Now, that would be a power grab from whomever is the mayor, because mm -hmm. the mayor has the power to appoint that school board. Would you like to keep that power, or would you be open to a half elected? I've been talking um, about having a hybrid school board for quite some time now. I do think that with a hybrid school board, there is a bit more balance in power, um, where the mayor can appoint, appoint um, you know, a number of school board members with clear guidelines. And I still also think that there should be a transparent process around it, mm -hmm. but also an opportunity for people to run for that seat um, and for voters to vote. But also one of the things that we didn't talk about is also creating a pathway or opportunity for. Um, all right, I can't listen anymore. This nonsense, because that's all it is. At one nineteen, I'm just glad. Good for uh, Gino for holding her feet to the fire with this defund the police stuff. She is not going to win. Um, she shouldn't win. Um, oh my God, someone like that just just talks and talks. You know, that's an example of someone that could, you know, talk for a half hour. They don't just completely talking around something. Never fully saying anything. She is not. I, I'm still going with my prediction. Nelly Gorbez, former chief of staff, is this guy... Gonzalo Cuervo, I am sticking with my prediction that he is going to win mayor. Only, and I'm not saying he should or most popular, but simply because they will, um, it's all on the mail ballots, right? That's he and Nelly, I believe, working together will manipulate the mail ballots. For their primary. That's what I believe will um, will happen. Now, I also want to find, um, let's see, um, this whole business of the Federal Reserve and inflation. Let me play this. This is a piece from uh, Good Morning America. Here we go. Reserve raise interest rates. Our chief economics correspondent, Rebecca Jarvis, is tracking it all. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning to you, Michael. And that critical report, the nation's GDP, could show the second straight quarter of economic declines here in the United States. That is what some would call a recession, and it follows on the heels of the fourth interest rate hike so far this year. This morning, as Americans brace for a possible recession, the Fed, determined to fight historic inflation, raising interest rates by another three-quarters of a percentage point, the fourth rate hike this year. My colleagues and I are acutely aware that high inflation imposes significant hardship, especially on those least able to meet the higher costs of essentials like food, housing, and transportation. 
Rising prices costing families an extra $493 a month, with the soaring cost of housing hitting many especially hard. This has been very stressful overall because everything's going up, but my paycheck is not going up. Asia Mabry, a public school employee and single mom in Louisville, Kentucky, forced to downsize when her rent rose more than $350 last month to $1,229. I am now in a one-bedroom, and I am paying more than I was with a two-bedroom. While there's hope the Fed's moves will eventually bring prices down, they also mean the cost to borrow money is going up. Take, for example, the mortgage on the average $416,000 home in America. Assuming you put 20% down, earlier this year, it would have cost you about $1,700 a month to own. But at today's 30-year fixed rates, that same house will cost you more than $2,300 a month. Because of home price appreciation and because of rising mortgage rates, the average monthly payment on a mortgage has risen 40% since the start of this year. A lot more expensive to own a home, to pay down your credit cards, to buy a new car with an auto loan. The thing we are looking for later today, that GDP report that some economists believe could show the second straight quarter of declines in our economic activity. One way that people define a recession is not the official definition of a recession. The National Bureau of Economic Research is the arbiter, the semi-official arbiter of recessions here in the United States, and they define a recession as a significant decline in economic activity spread out across the economy and lasting more than a handful of months. We've had recessions that didn't have two back-to-back -back quarters of economic declines. Sometimes it does happen, but the important thing to keep in mind here, Robin, and we've said this before, it can still feel bad out there, even if it's not technically a recession, Robin. Yes. They have, um, folks, good afternoon at 124. Did, you know, as we've talked about, there's, there's just too much money in the economy. And this comes from uh, all the money that was flying out during COVID, money that was wasted when thrown out during COVID, all the fraud. Um, and Governor McKee in in no way has prepared this the um has prepared the state for any type of uh, downturn. So another story that's interesting is Senator Sheldon Whitehouse is proposing term limits for the US Supreme Court. You know, I I, I, I want to read more about this. I, I don't like this whole thing of, even, you know, Rhode Island, the whole thing where they have, like, lifetime tenure to the bench. Um, I want to read more about it. I, if he's involved, I'm probably against it, but it's definitely a story out there. He's going to get some, he's getting a lot of attention, as a matter of fact. Uh, and this really just has to do with they don't like a lot of the decisions that have been made. Let's hear this piece from Channel 12. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse is working on two pieces of legislation that would put a stricter check on the Supreme Court. New this morning, 12 News reporter Kate Walsh joins us live with what these bills would do. Kate. Well, the judiciary is branch is supposed to be its own branch of government to check and balance the other two. And the Supreme Court is supposed to be completely politically impartial. But when there's a vacancy on the bench, a new justice is chosen by either a conservative or a liberal-leaning president and approved by Congress. And as we've seen, that process tends to get political. 
No, it's important and a long-lasting decision that our president gets to make because these are lifetime appointments and there are only nine justices on the bench. But Senator Sheldon Whitehouse plans to introduce what's called the Term Act in the Senate. It would limit justices to 18 years and presidents would be able to appoint new justices in the first and third years of their terms when there's a vacancy. Georgia's Democratic Congressman Hank Johnson proposed the Term Act in the House Tuesday, but there's no word when White House will be doing the same in the Senate. However, today, White House is expected to introduce the Supreme Court Review Act, which would allow just a simple majority in the Senate to respond to a decision made by the Supreme Court, such as the overturning of Roe v. Wade. White House, in a statement, said, quote, six radical justices enacted a banana of right-wing policies during the last term, reshaping American life in wildly unpopular ways over just a matter of days. The American people are fed up with policymaking by unaccountable Supreme Court justices, and we have a solution. Now, historically, when polled, it's interesting, Americans have given the Supreme Court a higher approval rating than lawmakers, even though they vote in the lawmakers and not the justices directly. And in this case, polling shows Americans do support term limits for justices. Live in the studio, I'm Kate Walsh, 12 News. You know, again, folks, um, and good afternoon. Bruce raises a good point. When was the last time? Well, the answer is never. When was the last recession not defined by two quarters of negative growth? This is all just word games. All word games by the Biden administration. I mean, that's right. That that's what it really comes down to. President Biden did speak earlier. Here's what he had to say. Since I got to office, for example, I'm going to keep fighting for, in the future to bring down the cost of things for working families and middle class families that matter by providing for affordable, accessible things like affordable child care, affordable elder care, preschool. The cost of preschool, housing, keeping students with the cost, helping students with the cost of college, closing the health care coverage gap. You know, that's a fancy way of saying health care coverage gap. Expanding Medicaid in states that refuse to do it and more. Look, this bill is far from perfect. It's a compromise. But it is, it's often how progress is made by compromises. And uh, the fact is that uh, my message to Congress is this. This is the strongest bill you can pass to lower inflation, cut the deficit, reduce health care costs, tackle the climate crisis, and promote energy security. All the time while reducing the burdens facing working class and middle class families. So pass it. Pass it for the American people. Pass it for America. I'll more to say this later. Now I want to thank uh, Leader Schumer and, and Manchin, Joe Manchin, Senator Manchin, for the extraordinary effort that it took to reach this result. You know, he is, um, he is dancing uh, with this, but the fact of the matter is, I, I just wonder how much um, I want to see where this is, is going to play out. He also, he would not take any questions. President Biden would not take any questions um, in this manner. And saying it's going to reduce the federal deficit. I don't know. Their, their way of is always just throwing more money at, at the problem. That, that has been the problem. Um, and again, this was President Biden earlier. For decades to the American people. We're giving Medicare. We're giving Medicare the power to negotiate for lower prescription drug prices. 
which means seniors and consumers will pay less for the right. prescription drugs. Well, folks, again, Medicare 20 second heads up to uh, Jeff in the studio. I, um, I, I Listen, they need to do something. I don't think he's got the right plan. I want to uh, encourage you. To, we're going to take a break, folks, in just a moment. Again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. It is uh, right now 1.30. We're going to take a quick break. Much more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. Folks, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. And all you do is, if you log on at depetro.com, no ice, and then on the left-hand side, you'll see, click on Listen Live. And you do that, and then you just press the play button. And we have people that listen to that and are able to listen wherever they are. Some people go, you know, south for the wintertime, or maybe they go skiing out west or different places and wherever people listen from all over maybe you just listen somewhere or you live somewhere and you're just not able to pick up the either the 99.9 fm or the am 1380 it's always an option to go to the website now on the website by the way on the right hand side you'll see there is the link for my facebook page there is the link for the twitter feed blue check mark by the way there is the link for instagram and there's also the link for our YouTube channel. So never shortage of ways. Uh, if you Google me, it should come up always to Petro.com. By the way, we also then have the Biden presidency and the elections. You are listening to the John DePetro show. The next time you have an emergency, Head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine. Diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services. And with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Listening to the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining us right now, he has a new book out, The Truth About Energy 
global warming, climate change, exposing climate lies in an age of disinformation. We want to welcome to the John DePietro Show. It's Dr. Jerome Corsi. Doctor, thank you for joining us and congratulations on your new book. Thank you, John. Great pleasure. Thank you. Take us inside a little bit. We know there was a lot of pushback deep state, others trying to prevent you from putting this out. Take us in, take us through a little bit the truth about energy, global warming. That's all we're hearing about is President Biden may declare a uh, climate emergency. Well, the, the truth is that there's less carbon dioxide in the atmosphere today than historically has been the case. The Earth is 0.6 billion going back into the Earth, most of the carbon dioxide. About three, about 500 million of the Earth started to reduce dioxide. 175 million ago, uh, 7,500 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. There's only 400 parts per million in the atmosphere. Now, the hysteric global luck is that, well, we've dumped the carbon dioxide since the Industrial Revolution. That's true. Started the Industrial Revolution, there were only 100 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. At 400 parts per million, carbon dioxide is still a trace element. It's something like 0.00% atmosphere. It's really measurable, and it is not the driver of nature. And, Doctor, why, why do you think right now there's such a push about climate change and you also put exposing the climate lie in an age of disinformation what 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 are the motivating forces that that uh, you cover in your book in the first four chapters much of the book is and go deeply into it 400 pages about a thousand footnotes largely from peer-reviewed scientific but the first four chapters look at political philosophy it started in the world war ii with Ehrlich, who said there's too many people, eliminate people, we're going to use the resources of the earth, and got joined by John Holtman, who Obama's science are. But it's just scare everybody. But then they thought we're going to have a global in the 1970s, which was getting cooler. It got warmer, so no, no, warming. The idea was if you could demonize carbon dioxide, make it the green blood, that would and capitalism, because hydrocarbon fuels are one of the capitalism. And if you make afraid that hydrocarbon fuels were going to keep up, achieve neo-Marxism, capture the green movement like AFC has done. You say we've got to lock down, we've got using energy, fundamentally shut down capitalism. It has been their goal. Karl Marx was a lot. They've used another scare... We're all going to die. We're going to have a lockdown. We were die of global warming. A lockdown, control, totalitarian dominance, not permitting discussion, not permitting debate. These are totalitarian issues, and now making a a real move to be in firm control of our politics, our government, our media, and our parliament. Folks, again, uh, we're speaking with Dr. Jerome Corsi, his new book, The Truth About Energy, Global Warming, Climate Change, Exposing 
climate lies and an age of disinformation. Dr. Corsi, uh, former Vice President Al Gore, he made the, the rounds on the Sunday shows this past weekend, kind of doing like a, I told you so, I was right, I told you this was coming. What role do you think um, Al Gore plays in all of this? Al Gore has become a multi-air since his inconvenient movie about around 2000. Of course, the predictions he made in that movie come true. Ice caps didn't melt. The oceans haven't risen. Cities are not flooded with. But it doesn't matter that the left, true or not, they don't care. It's about fear. They continue to repeat lies. This is a very changing place. We've had in history, uh, ice age come and go. Right now in an intergovernment period, it started about a thousand years ago. We're probably going to stage, but can it be because of hydrocarbon fuels? I mean, the big, my boy, book tales, you know, look how sun heats earth. It's an announcement to the left. They are, they are, sun, the sun is the most driver of earth's future. And the earth has a elliptical orbit that gets more elliptical, the length of it, which I describe in detail. And you can uh, correlate stages with the Milankovitch cycles of a greater elliptical pattern of the Earth around the sun. This changing place that mountains rock in cataclysmic forces. What we're talking about today is a minuscule, it's in carbon dioxide, that a warmer with greener trees abundant can absorb the carbon dioxide. The carbon cycle is the human, Gore's desire. Uh, we've been here a million years and 4.6 billion years. That's about a microsecond. The Earth is concerned. We're just the most recent walking around on the surface. The Earth's weather is designed to distribute heat across. It's a very complex system, nonlinear. Explain in the book how one factor counts for all the warming. It's scientific nonsense. Folks, again, we speak with Dr. Jerome Corsi. Doctor, I believe this is your 25th book, and I just want to remind people, uh, Dr. Corsi's had two New York Times bestsellers list hit number one. And I, I thought of you, actually, because last week, President Biden, last Wednesday, he was in Massachusetts. Um, and sitting right there listening to him was was John Kerry. And I, I remember vividly your book, uh, that you co-authored with John O'Neill, Unfit for Command, Swift Boat Veterans Speak Out a bit About John Kerry. What about John Kerry's role in climate change? Well, John Kerry's been on, the, on board with every leftist pipe, that, leftist craze that's come down the pipe since he was a child. Uh, and now his major theme is making sure that Iran gets a nuclear weapon. He's fully on board with the global warming. Of course, Kerry is a multi-millionaire and a private jet. Hypocrisy of the astounding. And the left is me. I co authored that book with John O'Neill on man. Um, the Mueller Foundation trying to put me in prison, not lie to um, convict Trump. I, I did not have a tie to Julian Hodge. That was their last linchpin argument. And uh, they were to plead guilty, refused. And indict me. Again, the left has hated this book. Will be 
suppressed. Uh, I'm getting on television. Uh, maybe not. And the left will ridicule me like they always do. I recall every name of the book. And um, it comes with the territory. Uh, I'm still persisting, though, to tell the truth. I think it's probably the best book or most comprehensive I've ever read until almost a year. Ago. And if anyone reads this book, it's game will not be able to listen to the of the left and believe them to understand science and politics. I this truth about energy and climate change. Folks, again, it's Dr. Jerome Corsi. Doctor, one last question before I let you go. How did your life change after your bestseller, number one New York Times? And, of course, I'm talking about the Obama nation, leftist politics, cult of personality. How did your life change after that? Increase the demon is me. I mean, calling me all kinds of names. Uh, go read Wikipedia. It's so packed with um, bias. The left hates anyone who doesn't agree with them. If you don't bow down to the left, if you disagree uh, with an idea or, or believe in God, believe in the Constitution of America, you are your enemy of the left. We'll do everything they can to destroy you. Experience that. You know, I was thrown off of Twitter. Uh, you know, I've had a very hard time on social media. I'm on CloudHub right now. It's about the only one. And um, you'll find, I've gone through this now for 20 years, but, you know, it's kind of like a, a badge of, because I, uh, you know, I keep faith. I believe that uh, God put us here for a mission that does not aggrandize and enriching ourselves. And God's mission was to pour and prosper on this earth. And what these demons of the left want to do is, um, you know, Everything babies to ending carbon fuels to making people pay outrageous amount of money for food. Uh, it, it's a, a destroy capitalism. They want to break the United States along the way to try. Still trying to resist. Now I'm going to do it through writing. Folks, again, he is Dr. Jerome Corsi. Doctor, congratulations on the book. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you again. Pleasure. Thank you, John. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing. Ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button. And remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus. And remember, with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885 4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508 252 3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209.
to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, DePietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link. Contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live or YouTube or Twitter. It's all right there at the website, dipetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, dipetro.com. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this once a month? They provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. The Senadale Revival. Stop in and see them. Comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Senadale Revival. Located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Senadale, right across from North Providence Town Hall. Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Senadale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. Folks, joining us on the right now, right now on the air, we've had him in the past. He has a book. He was an advisor to the president, a man that in some ways almost needs, needs no introduction it is the one and only Peter Navarro. Peter, it's the John DePietro Show. Welcome back, Peter Navarro. John, it's uh, really great to be back with you today. How are things going in uh, Rhode Island? Well, Rhode Island and Mass uh, continue to be blue, but there's always optimism with the uh, the rest of the country. So, Peter, if you don't mind, if you'd like to just, I'd like to start, just get your thoughts on the contempt trial uh, as far as the jury selection with uh, Steve Bannon that began. Well, that's the last thing I uh, I can talk about. Oh. Uh, as your listeners may know, um, I'm facing a um, misdemeanor, <laughs> which carries with it a two-year prison term. I've already been putting leg irons. And uh, my attorneys uh, do not want me discussing other cases. But okay. I'd be happy to talk a little bit about um, the circumstances that led to uh, to my situation, okay. which uh, which are, are I think might be interesting. Yeah, no, definitely talk about if you don't mind, Peter. That was so over the top with the leg irons and the way they that you were uh, taken into custody. 
Well, I think I think that's the correct word, over the top. And you have to um, step back for a minute and, and and go back to when I was in the White House. I, I served. Uh, in fact, I was one of only three White House officials who was with the president all the way from the 2016 campaign to the uh, end of what we love to call his first term. Um, and he, I look humbly, uh, I did. Uh, save American lives because I was one of the uh, guys in the White House early on who recognized the seriousness of the pandemic and, and um, motivated uh, the White House to take appropriate steps. Um, I worked a lot creating uh, manufacturing jobs. You know, that was my thing, trade manufacturing. And I, I found myself um, when this um, so-called select committee was formed by Nancy Pelosi, um, uh, an obvious partisan witch hunt. Um, uh, when when they began putting out uh, their illegal subpoenas, um, I was put in a situation where the president, President Trump, invoked what's called executive privilege. And um, as I have said from the outset of this whole process, it's not my privilege to waive. And I, I, was, I was caught between the dispute between Congress and the White House, essentially. And the law, as I read it, clearly comes down um, on my side in this, in the sense that uh, executive privilege, is go, it goes back to George Washington as something that's critical to effective presidential decision-making. And ironically, the Department of Justice itself has over 50 years of policy and more than a dozen memoranda that support the idea that folks like me at the highest levels of the White House shouldn't be uh, forced by Congress uh, to come testify before them. So, <laughs> you know, it's a, that's the dispute. Um, it's it's going to be... Uh, settle now in um, in a trial uh, down the road but what was interesting uh, John is that this this is uh, it's a misdemeanor it doesn't involve any fraud nobody's ever accused me of any violence uh, particularly on Capitol Hill on January 6th uh, there's none of that going on and the way this should have been handled was with what's called voluntary surrender. In other words, they issue the arrest warrant, they call me and they say, um, here, show up, show up uh, in court and we'll, we'll get this done, right? Now, instead of doing that, they went, the, the, the total, <laughs> went just, they just went full metal jacket on me. And the irony, John, is I sit here and talk to you, I'm literally looking out the window at the FBI building, my my the FBI building is literally a field goal uh, away. <laughs> wow! I mean, I could and I was an old field goal kicker in my in my um, high school days, and I could literally kick a field goal. Uh, that this is that's how close the FBI building is. And so instead of um, doing doing the courtesy of calling me and say, "Hey, just voluntary surrender." Um, oh, by the way, we know you're going to Nashville on Friday to do a TV show. Maybe, maybe it's okay to come in on Monday, right? That's kind of what they should have done. Right. <laughs> they, they let me, 
they, I, I eat breakfast. They, I get get in an Uber. I get all the way to the airport. And I sit around for an hour waiting to get on the plane. And then when I, you, you know how people, you, you go in, you give the ticket, you walk in the jetway there yep. between uh, the, the, the gate and, the, and that's where you know, five FBI agents armed to the teeth wow. <laughs> go after a 72-year-old guy who weighs 145 pounds. Um, and, you know, it was, I mean, look, um, if you put yourself in my shoes, it's like, handcuffs uh they take me back to my home oh except not my home 40 yards away to the fbi <laughs> get fingerprinted then I, I wind up like 20 minutes later in this like dungeon at the courts um in leg irons in a strip search well, that was kind of wow. fun you know, yeah so the leg irons are kind of interesting i my, my I, I joke now that it's it's like I'm hoping they were at least uh, made with American steel. You know, it's like me being the buy American guy. Maybe the government bought some made American <laughs> leg guys. But yeah, they they're like strips. They strip searched me. That was fun. You wow. hoped, and then they put these leg irons on. The funny part was like he, he, the guard. He was like a third my age. Nice guy, but he's like walking down the hall to the cell, right, expecting me to follow at his pace and you, you you can you know you can't you have no stride when you're in leg irons you kind of like clunk along and i'm going what, what and they stick me in a cell um that, and they're proud of for this somehow oh john hinckley was there when he shot president reagan okay great it's like okay navarro the guy in the white house saved lives created jobs wow for the constitution is in the same cell as Inkley. Now, I would be remiss at this point not mentioning uh, DefendPeter.com. DefendPeter.com. That's my uh, legal defense fund. Great. And if your listeners uh, would would be moved by any of this, just check it out. Now, just small donations. But the punchline here is that, John, I've already had um, costs over $400,000. Oh, so far. God. This is like a million dollar for a misdemeanor, mind you. Oh, wow. It's a misdemeanor that comes with a two year prison sentence, I might add. Um, so, you know, this is where this is where things stand. And, and what's interesting is that the only the only two people going to trial for this um, are the two China Hawks from the White House, right. which, which I find interesting. Well, That's right. You guys like. Ben and I are the only two guys um, who ever got sanctioned by the Chinese Communist Party. They, they did it like four minutes into Biden swearing in. And we're also the only two guys that are threatened with prison terms from the U.S. Congress. So, you know, like strange bedfellows. <laughs> and, and Peter, you wrote... And I'm not sure this is a coincidence. Yeah, well, and you wrote the book. And again, folks, speaking with Peter Navarro, you wrote the book, Death by China. So that's not... I mean, people way, can... Way back when. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Peter, in... But, now, wait, one other thing, speaking go ahead. of books, just so folks kind of... Yeah, if you go to PeterNavarro.com, you can see all this, but... but uh, Taking Back Trump's America yes. is, is the new book I've written. It's available on Amazon, Taking Back Trump's America. And the reason, John, why it's important is that 
we're we're now in a collapsing economy. I am the poster child for a two-tier system of justice where violent felons and Antifa people roam free while former White House advisors get like, arrested and put in leg irons. Wow. And the Taking Back Trump's America book really is uh, the blueprint and battle cry to do two things. First, we've got to take back the Congress, the House of Representatives from the Pelosiites. These people are out of control. Yep. Even as they weaponize the investigatory powers of Congress in an unconstitutional way, they are, by the way, destroying our economy. We've got to get them out of there. And then in 2024, we've got to get uh, Trumpism back in the White House. Just It just has to happen. Because I can tell you, I was there for four years. The policies we adopted created the best economy in modern history. And Biden and Pelosi and AOC and Schumer and Lion Adam Schiff and little Jamie Rack and all of those scumbags, and they are scumbags, have destroyed the U.S. economy, their frame, the democracy and political system, and they're high and mighty about it all. Yeah. So let's, you know, throw these rascals out. Folks, again, he is the one and only Peter Navarro. Peter, great to talk to you. I'm so sorry uh, that you had to go through that, but justice will prevail. You have a lot of fans out there. You also, by the way, you do a great job on Newsmax. Keep up the good work. Keep swinging, and uh, everyone's behind you, and we'll talk to you again. All right, my brother. You take care of yourself. Enjoy this, uh, this summer. Get down to Newport and sail and do something like that. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. All right, man. Bye. The Kui sit in. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. To the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, depetro.com. Remain healthy. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skincare. It's My Health. Poppin' and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.